All the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. Okay, I am back. I am back. Everyone, including the Grammys, have loved Betty Buckley. Everybody loves Betty Buckley. She has entertained us over 40 years, maybe more than that. That's what I remember. She's been on stage. She's been in films. She's on TV. She's in cabaret. She's in concert. She is now at Joe's Pub, and she was Andrew Lloyd Webber's first original number one Grizabella in the Broadway hit musical Cats. Okay, tell me first about Cats, because it's the most exciting thing I ever saw. How did you get that particular job? Oh, well, I had to audition twice. My first audition, they turned me down, and they told my agent that I radiated health and well-being, and they were looking for someone who radiated death and dying. (laughs) So (laughs) I told my agent, I said, they'll be back, because I just had this really strong feeling about the role and the show and that it was my turn to do it. And then six months later, they called me back, and I auditioned again, and I sang Memory three times for Trevor Nunn and Andrew and the powers that be, and each time Trevor would say, more suicidal, more suicidal. And finally, by the third time, I was so turned inside out. And so I I asked him if I could speak to him. And I said, Mr. Nunn, I'm sure by now you've seen everybody in New York and L.A. and all across the country who could possibly play this role. And there are lots of girls who could play it as well as I can, but nobody can do it better. And it's my turn. <laughs> and then he he looked at me strangely like he thought I'd lost my mind. So I, I was very <laughs> embarrassed and I made my excuses and made my, uh, you know, exit. And the stage manager gave me a thumbs up. And then the rehearsal pianist gave me a thumbs up. And the stage manager said, sometimes we have to represent ourselves. So I called my agent and I told her what I'd said. And she was like, oh, no, you've got to learn to, like, keep your mouth shut, Betty. And then, like, a few minutes later, she called me back and she said, they offered you cat. So I, it was really wild, and I was so grateful to get the show. And I learned so much working with Andrew and the wonderful Jillian Lynn and the great Trevor Nunn. It was just amazing. Have you done it again since? No, just for a year and a half in the original company. But I've been singing that song in concert for all, you know, a million years. <laughs> so, but I think of it as the jewel of my collection of songs. Okay. Tell me about Joe's Pub. You just started this Friday. Is that not so? I, no, I opened tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, Okay. so it's th- it's tonight. You start tonight. Okay. Yeah. So what Seven are you doing? What are you doing? And why, why, why in Joe's Pub particularly? I love Joe's Pub. I have a real history with the public theater and Joe Papp and, you know, done lots of workshops here and, just, you know, we did the Mystery Bedwin Drood workshop here. I love this place, and I was so happy when they put this cabaret venue in, and it's a wonderful room for music. I work with an amazing band of a quartet of jazz musicians headed by the great pianist arranger Christian Jacob, who has scored several of Clint Eastwood's films and has won, you know, seven Grammy nominations. So we've been working together for 12 years, maybe, and have done several albums together. So we have a new collection of songs, some old favorites with um, new arrangements. 
and then some new material, new songs for me I'm, that I've never sung before. And then I, I'm calling the show Betty Buckley and Friends, and I have some wonderful friends coming in to sing with me. Leanne Cox will be here at every show. A beautiful young singer-actress named Claire Moore is singing back up with me and also um, a, okay. a song on Okay, okay, okay. What you were playing the Carlisle, am I right, when, when everything all shut down, were you not? Yes, exactly. We had a two-week engagement, and the second week was canceled, so we drove home to Texas. So here we are two years later, and we're back in New York trying again. <laughs> so. What's, what, was that, what was the difference of playing the Carlisle as, a, as against Joe's Pub? You were there. I remember you sitting there. I was so delighted that you were in the audience. It was great to see you. Um, I love the Carlisle. It's a very intimate room and very elegant. Joe's Pub is more downtown. You know, it's more rock and roll and funky. I love that. You know, I love playing both rooms. So you have to do a different kind of routine, do you not, from the one to the other? I think that's correct. Yeah, we tailor the material uh, to the clientele. Yes. Okay. So tell me. How do singers protect their voice? A long time ago, when I was going to clubs with my husband, Joey, I remember that we gave a ride to a couple of singers who were appearing at hotels like the Concord, and they wanted the windows shut in the car. They wanted no air conditioning in the car. They were protecting their voice. I never knew that they had to do all that. How do you protect your voice? Well, I pretty much always wear a scarf when I'm working, and you drink lots and lots of water, lots of hot tea, um, try to get enough sleep, vocalize every day, and just try not to overdo it, you know, and try not to talk too much. Uh, you have to kind of be really disciplined when you're performing. Okay, but when you're on Broadway and you have to belt, and even though they give you a microphone or in some cases, how does your voice project to the mezzanine, don't you have to do certain exercises with it? Oh yeah, I have, you know, I've worked through the years with some of the greatest voice teachers in the business and still do, and the, they keep me lined up and where I'm supposed to be and watch out for bad habits setting in. And What are the yeah, bad habits? What are the bad habits? Oh, just pushing and not, not easing back. And like when you use the word belt, I had a teacher for 19 and a half years named Paul Gavert, and he said, you do not belt. It'll sound to the audience like you're belting, but it's a mixed sound. And he said that you have to take care of your voice. He, he was brilliant. Okay. You're doing at Joe's Pub two dozen Sondheim masterpieces. I'm not sure I understand why you're doing mostly Sondheim. Why? Well, that's good that you brought that up, Cindy, because I'm not. I'm only doing two Sondheim songs in this in this show at Joe's Pub. The I think the thing you're referring to is on Friday, Palmetto Records released on streaming online, uh, Betty Buckley Sings Stephen Sondheim, which is a compilation recording of all the material of his that I've sung and recorded through the years. And um, we, we released that on Friday, or Palmetto Records did, as a tribute to Sondheim because all of us in the musical theater are so devoted to him and to his memory and to his legacy. So that was my way of honoring him. Okay. Do you ever blow a line? Do you ever forget a lyric? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, tell me, tell yes. me, tell me. Well, one time I was thinking, in fact, <laughs> um, 
um, the comedian that I was in the audience. Um, oh, well, uh, he was on SNL at the beginning. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of films. Anyway, um, I was doing a concert and I was singing Memory. It was a benefit concert. And I went up in the middle of the song. And Memory? And, you lost your memory on Memory? Yeah, and I literally said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. I've been singing this song Memory for a long time. But it <laughs> seems that I've lost mine. <laughs> so, yeah, that can happen. So what happens? Do you go back to the beginning of the number or what? How do you survive? Well, I, yeah, sometimes I go back. But in the case of that, in that case, the band just kept playing on the same chord until I remembered the word. Okay. Okay. You've got awards. Where are they? Uh, my Tony Award is on the on the top of my piano uh, for inspiration when I'm practicing. And um, uh, the others are uh, kind of on my bookcases and uh, in my dining room. There's some awards that are made of crystal and stuff, so they look pretty there. So, yeah. Do you ever clean them or dust them or what do you? I oh, mean, I would lick them if I had any. <laughs> That's good. That's okay. good. Tell me what happened to you, Betty, when the pandemic shut down. Uh, well, we drove home to Texas. Yeah. Uh, my assistant and I, who's worked with me for many, many years, and uh, we both got covid um, we heard on set, we got home on Friday afternoon after a three day drive and, um, our, my lung doctor who we'd both gone to see while we were in New York called me on Sunday night and said, I'm sorry, but I've exposed you to COVID. <laughs> and so then we were both, we we're both really sick. The irony of that just kills me. We were both really sick for a couple of weeks and, um, then, you know, so we thought we were safe from that. And then I got sick again in, uh, December of 2019, and um, yeah, and but I've been vaccinated at this point four times. Okay. Have you been to Broadway since? Have you gone to any of the big glamorous openings or any of the musicals? Yes, yes. I went to the uh, really glamorous opening night of Company. Yeah. Oh, I I wanted to tell you, Cindy. So Bill Murray was at that concert where I forgot my the lyrics to memory. <laughs> he came up to me afterwards and he goes, "That is so funny. Did you do that on purpose?" And I said, "No." And uh, he said, "He said I'm going to use that. Is that okay?" And I said, "Absolutely." <laughs> what was he going to use? Use what? That line. I I'm singing memory and I forgot. Oh, I get yeah. okay. But he'd have to be he singing thought. memory to do it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So the difficulties of doing big songs every night on Broadway. Do you take hot tea, warm Coca-Cola, do you warm Coke? Do you what do you do to protect because I just don't know how you can do it every single night and hit the notes. I steam that you they, they have these little personal steamers that you can use and um I drink again lots of water always a lot of hot tea um yeah and then you just try to be quiet oh well that's not going to be easy for you i don't think you're <laughs> going to be quiet what about a heckler do you get them if you're working in a pub i have from time to time one night i was working at the feinsteins at the regency and we held the show for something like 45 minutes 
And it turns out these two guys come driving up in a Range Rover with these two very glamorous women. And they were like from the mob or something. And they sat right on the front row <laughs> okay. Of, okay. of Feinstein's. And they were very scary looking. And um, I, I, you know, it's like talking to the audience and stuff. And I mentioned something about that I'd sold my, I sold my BMW and bought a Ford truck when I went to uh, move to Texas to live on a ranch. And he goes, why would you do that? Right. Out loud. And I said, <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, well, I live on a ranch. I needed a truck. He said, why didn't you keep your Beamer? <laughs> it was really, really funny. Okay. Funny. Betty Buckley, go back to your rehearsal. I know you came out just to talk to me. I love you. I'll be seeing you at Joe's Pub. Thank you, sweetie. Oh. Awesome. Thank you, Cindy. Right. Bye. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.